Hey, everybody, welcome to the Even If podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lowe, and I'm so glad you're back again this week. You've probably heard me say it before, that we share stories of faith and the hope of Jesus, and this week is absolutely no different. I just want to welcome you back, and I hope you had the most wonderful Easter celebrating our risen Savior. And I don't know about y'all, Easter is just, it's my favorite. I know Christmas is fun and all that good stuff, but there is something that just so catches my breath every year when I think about what Jesus really, really did on that cross. It just, it undoes me. I pray that it never stops undoing me. I think it's that undoing of me each year that just reminds me of how fortunate we are as believers that our God is a risen Savior. Death had absolutely no power over Him. Anyways, today I am I have a couple of things for us just before we dive in. But the first thing is this. If you haven't followed the show, go up to the very top of the show. There's a plus button on Apple, and I think it's follow or subscribe on Spotify. Click that button. That way, each week when these episodes drop, it'll be in the app whenever you get there. And so it's just an easier way for you and I to stay connected, right? The second thing I want to give you is this. I have a beautiful new website that has been created by the wonderful Ashley Downey. And y'all, she's just the cutest thing ever. She has helped me pull together this website. And y'all, it is, it's just great. We have on there the option to subscribe to our newsletter. So you go on evenifpodcast.com. There's a link at the top of the homepage, or if you scroll all the way down to the bottom, either place, you can subscribe to the newsletter. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all, I'm, I'm not going to spam y'all. I, I don't, I don't have time to spam people. I don't want to be spammed. Therefore, I don't spam other people. And that's why I even have a hard time talking about like, oh, hey, subscribe to my newsletter because we get bombarded with emails. But the reason why I would love for you to subscribe to this is twofold. First of all, when new things come along on the podcast or when we start to do something new, you're going to have first access to that because we'll be able to send you out a heads up that you might not get anywhere else. And then the second reason is because each week, whenever episodes drop on Tuesday, I also share on an, on the weekly newsletter a little bit of extra insight about this week's episode that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So it's just a little bit of an extra way to connect with me and with the podcast and stay with all the insider info, which by the way, we are working on merchandise because some of you have decided that y'all need coffee mugs and t-shirts. And so we are working on getting that all up on the website. It's not up there, but you'll find it on evenifpodcast.com, hopefully sooner than later. But if you have signed up for our newsletter, you will have first dibs and access to that before everybody else. So go subscribe to the newsletter. The last thing is I keep hearing stories of faith and how y'all are standing up for what you believe in and how you're trusting God in some really sometimes very precarious situations. And what it tells me is your faith is getting bolder. And that's why this podcast exists, because I want people to have faith, even if they've had shaky legs before, even if they've been reluctant to share their faith with people before. I, that's that's what God has given me a heart for, is to help other people grow up in their faith. That's, oh, it just, y'all, y'all bless me. Your emails and your messages, I, I can't tell you how much of a blessing they are, not only just to, they fill my cup, but 
because I I get just a little bit of glimpse of what God's doing. And so I'm just, mm, I just, I love that I get to be part of it. So anyways, today is a quick story about one of my favorite believers of all time. And so without further ado, let's dive right in. One of my favorite people in the Bible is Peter. Peter's kind of my spirit animal here, y'all, because Peter's the guy who is, uh, he's bold and he's a little arrogant. <laughs> um, he's a little arrogant and he makes really, really big claims about his faith. And there are a couple of times where Jesus just like totally calls him on it. I think he was a natural leader. He has qualities about him. There's just something about Peter that feels unafraid. And I, lo I love that about Peter. Maybe it's that I am like Peter sometimes, and then other times I really want to be more like Peter. Peter's faith and boldness encourage me. And if you'll sit a spell, I think you'll understand why his story is worth sharing. Peter was the first disciple that was called. Peter knew that the Messiah was coming from John the Baptist, but then he and his brother Andrew are the first disciples that Jesus says, come follow me. This is a guy who had a tremendous amount of faith in the New Testament when Jesus walks on the water. I think about Peter and how much faith it took for him to walk on the water. I think it takes a, a special sort of boldness to get out of a boat and walk on water. When Jesus called Peter, his his actual name was Simon. And so he eventually renames him Peter. In Matthew 16, Jesus asks them, he's talking to the disciples and he says, who do, who do people say that I am? And some of them say that, oh, he's John the Baptist or Elijah. And then he asks him, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter says, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. So what that tells me is Peter knew who Jesus was. I mean, like he said, him, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. And that's where Jesus says to him, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you, you didn't learn this from any human being. So I'm going to call you Peter, which means rock. So Peter says in Matthew, yeah, you're the Messiah. You're totally the Messiah. Well, in my mind, that comes with knowledge that like, okay, if I know you're the Messiah, I know what you're capable of. He has seen him do miraculous signs. He's seen him heal people. I mean, like Peter has seen a lot. He knows he's the Messiah. And so then right after Jesus calls him the rock, Jesus then begins to tell his disciples that, hey, listen, I'm fixing to die. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to suffer. And then Peter, I love Peter, y'all, because he takes Jesus aside. And in my mind, I see them kind of all being in this room and Peter being like, hey, psst, psst, Jesus, come here. Hey. And then like pulling him aside. I don't know if it's just that Peter seems to be the guy who probably said all the things that everybody else was thinking, or if it's just that that's how I read him. But the Bible says that he begins to reprimand Jesus. <laughs> he says to Jesus, heaven forbid, Lord, this will never happen to you. He's talking to Jesus as though he is a man. 
and not God incarnate. Like, I know you said you're going to die, and I know you're the Messiah, but let me just tell you, I I don't think you realize, like, that's never going to happen to you. And I just kind of laugh because I think, oh, Peter, I mean, like, do you really realize who you're talking to here? And Jesus tells him, you know, we we all joke and we say, get behind me, Satan. You know, we'll say that. Like, this is where this came from is because Jesus looks at him and he says, get away from me, Satan, because he knows that what is coming out of Peter's mouth is not true. I love Peter's boldness here because Peter is not afraid to tell Jesus what he thinks. And I love that Jesus just comes back to him and is like, yeah, let me just tell you, you're wrong, buddy. Anyways, <laughs> um, on the evening of Passover, Jesus tells all of them that they will desert him. And Peter, good old Peter, he's, his quote is, not me. I won't do that. I will die for you, Jesus. And I just laugh whenever Jesus says, Peter, I'm telling you, like, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. So he's saying tonight, before tomorrow morning, when the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. And then sure enough, because who are we talking about here? Jesus. Sure enough, Peter denies him three times. It's in Matthew 26, where he shares about the the three times that Peter denies. But in Matthew 26, 74, uh, actually verse 75, it says this, suddenly Jesus' words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And then he went away, weeping bitterly. The reason why Peter, whenever it says that he went away weeping bitterly, he knew Jesus was right. He had made this big, bold claim. And then and then Jesus was like, oh, uh, yeah, no, no, this is this is not, not what's going to happen. Jesus had called him the rock. He had seen the transfiguration on the mountain. And then he still denied him, even though he knew he knew he was the Messiah, y'all. I mean, Peter, of all people, had seen so much, and he had denied him three times. And I think about when during the Easter season, especially on, they, they call it what, Silent Saturday, I think a lot about Peter. And I wonder what it was like for those three days when Jesus was dead. What was like, what went, what, what went through his mind? What did he think about? Did he, like me, replay the whole thing over and over in his mind? Because I never overthink anything. I mean, surely Peter didn't like totally think, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. Jesus said I was going to do that. And then I did it. And then, I mean, like I denied it. And I was like, I'll die for you, Jesus. And then did I? No, I denied it like he said I would. We'll never know exactly what emotions went through his mind. Guilt, shame, anger. I never want to put words into the text that aren't there. But sometimes I try to imagine, did he shame himself for denying Jesus? It says in the Bible that he wept bitterly. So I know he had an emotional reaction to this. It wasn't without consequence in his mind and in his spirit. 
that Sunday morning when Peter and John hear about it, that the tomb is empty and they start running. They run to the grave, like they run to the tomb. What was that like? Like when he was running to the tomb, what was going, we have no way of knowing what was going through Peter's mind, but like when he was running to the tomb and then when Jesus shows up on Sunday night in the house where they were all locked into it because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders back then, um, what was Peter thinking? Like, have you ever been at odds with somebody or like you've let somebody down or you've you've hurt somebody and the first time you're going to be in the same place that they are and you know it's going to be a little bit awkward? I wonder what that was like for Peter to know that he had let Jesus down and like, was there going to be an awkwardness there? Was 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 Jesus still going to call him the rock after he had totally denied him three times like he said he would? It's at the end of John. It's John 21. Peter says, okay, I'm going to go fishing. And then everybody else says, okay, we'll come too. And they went out in the Sea of Galilee, and they hadn't caught anything all night. But at dawn, they see a guy standing on the beach, and he says, hey, have y'all caught any fish? And they're like, no. And he says, well, why don't you throw that net out on the other side of the boat, and then you'll get some. (laughs) And so they did, and there were so many fish they couldn't haul it all in. And that's at the point where John tells Peter, it's the Lord. And when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he literally jumps into the water to head to shore. Everybody else is still in the boat because they're trying to haul in all the fish that they've just caught. But Peter is running, running, he's swimming as fast as he can to get to Jesus. He wants to get to that shore as fast as he can. And that is the scene where Jesus restores Peter. He asks him three times on the shore later. He says, Peter, do you love me more than than these, than these other people? And he said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus says, well, then feed my lambs. And then he repeats the question, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter says, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus says. But this is where it changes things. Jesus says for a third time, Simon, son of John, Peter, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. What's interesting to me, and that all came from John 21, There are a lot of commentators that talk about what those three things mean. And I am not a Bible scholar, but I will tell you that some of the commentaries are beautiful in that the the three times he denied them correlate to the three acts of restoration, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Three has a three has a weight to it in in the Bible. And I don't think we can over I don't want you to overlook that. And there's some beauty there in that restoration. But the thing about it is, Jesus already knew who Peter was. And he called him rock, even though he knew Peter was going to deny him. I love that. You know, we see Peter stumble at the crucifixion. We see him deny him. 
but it didn't change Peter's heart. And we see him running toward Jesus after his death and resurrection. At the end where Jesus restores Peter on that third time, he asks him, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I think that that's the place where he found a, a little bit of humility because he says in it, Lord, you know everything. And for somebody who had rebuked Jesus and told him that he would never die and be crucified, he had told Jesus that he would never deny him three times. And that last time when Jesus asked him, he said, Lord, you know everything. I love that Peter found that humility. I feel like there are a lot of us who need to hear this on Tuesday after Easter. Jesus knew we would stumble. He knew we would fall down and that we would deny him, but he loves us and he restored us to himself through the work of the cross. I can hear myself saying those things that Peter said, I'll die for you, Lord. But then I try to imagine how I would have felt when that rooster crowed and and I can't imagine the conviction that would have overcome me. I would have, I would have wept bitterly too, like Peter did. And I know there are times when my decisions have grieved Jesus, and maybe I haven't outright denied him, but how many times have the words of my mouth and my attitudes and my actions toward him or my actions toward others been in direct opposition to what Jesus would have done or said? Our sinful nature is literally why Jesus died and rose for us. And it blesses me to no end that he didn't shame Peter or disqualify him. He knew Peter's heart and that Peter loved him. That's a word for both of us. He loves you even if you've denied him. And he has plans for you even if you think you've screwed up too many times to be of use to him. It is in our messiest places that he has the perfect conditions to reveal himself. Peter knew better than anybody else that he was the Messiah, and he denied him. And even if you feel like Peter, it's never too late to jump out of that boat and get your buns back to shore and fall at his feet. I love the boldness of Peter. I love his, I got you, Jesus, like that vibe and that faith that he has. I love that. I absolutely love that Peter isn't afraid to, to, to make claims and, and stand up and be like, I'm, I will do this. He's kind of, he is, like we said, he's a leader. But I love how Jesus had poured into Peter all along the way. I mean, he's the Messiah. He was fully God and fully man. He already knew it, but he called him the rock anyway. And that's the thing. Did you notice? One of the things I noticed is that they were out fishing and Jesus came to find him. And I know that there were other, I'm sure that there are other parts of the story that weren't written. Maybe there are other people who needed to see Jesus. But do you notice that Jesus pursued Peter? When we have gotten off track 
or whenever we've done something that grieves the Lord, He's going to keep pursuing us. He's not going to quit chasing after us because He loves us. He loves us even though we are messy and flawed. He knows we're going to mess up at times. I don't. I think that we need to let go of this idea of perfection. We're all going to be Peter. If we're going to have a boldness in our faith, we're going to also ha- probably have a moment or two in our lives where we just totally screw it up. And I think the enemy would love nothing more than for us to be shamed or feel shame for uh, messing up or falling down. And that's just not the way that it works. The Lord absolutely loves us. And he, he wants to use the places in our lives where we mess up to just reveal more of himself to us and to other people. In today's world, where every time somebody screws up, we think that, you know, they're they're not usable by God anymore and are disqualified. And I just want to, for anybody who needs this word, let me give you this today. Anything you have done is not unredeemable. Anything that has happened in your world that you think has caused you to be disqualified from being used by God, that is a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. And so today I just pray that you would stand firm in knowing that you are forgiven and you're loved and you are accepted and that he absolutely knows you and knows who you are and wants nothing more than relationship with you. After Christ ascended to heaven, Peter and the apostles took their assignments to heart and began to spread the good news across the globe. You know, if you think about it, we sit here today because those 12 apostles gave up their lives to spread the good news. While he was still on earth, Peter didn't waste his days. You know, he was at Pentecost, and he was the first to perform a miracle after Pentecost. And then he walked out the full anointing of the power Jesus had given him, bringing salvation to countless souls. When Nero ordered his execution, Peter requested to be hung upside down because he didn't feel worthy to die in the same manner as Christ. Peter was marked by Jesus. And he spent the rest of his days pouring himself out. As you walk out the rest of your days on this earth, go with confidence that he has called you with a gift and a purpose for your life too. The Lord created you exactly the way he needed for the purposes he ordained. I think that that wraps it up for us today, guys. Thanks so much for being here and for joining me and listening to just maybe, maybe I hope you learned a little bit about Peter that you didn't already know. Oh, and I will tell you, I have quoted a lot of scripture here. So I will stick all of that in the show notes. So that way you can go and uh, reference all of the scripture that I have done. I realized as I was recording everything that I didn't do a great job of saying, oh, well, this was in Matthew or, you know, whatever. I didn't do a very good a job of that. So I will put all of that for the show notes. Thanks for being here today, guys. Good Lord willing, I will see you next week.